is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, host Brandon, Joe, my host Nick and Dan, and gentlemen, after a long, long hiatus break, sad nap, whatever you want to call it, Chelsea are back. The Premier League is back, and as far as I can tell, no more. No, we are back. The Premier sure, League Dan, is back. The holidays are half done with in terms of the ones that are out of the way now and the ones that are left to come in terms of New Year's, but. The mood has to be generally festive, Nick. Uh, one little sore spot from this match. But I think in general, we came out of this, uh, at least from our holidays, unscathed because we all made it back for a podcast. Would, would you say that we were fired out of a confetti cannon, Dan, uh, of holiday cheer, perhaps? Is that what you would say? Sure, why not? Dan, is that what you'd say? Come on, Dan. Play along. Yeah, sure. The the festive confetti holiday cheer cannon extravaganza 2022 all right That's well right. what We're that right. will what that will consist of is chelsea unwrapping a win against bournemouth uh what zakaria's performance portents which is a fake word for the coming weeks uh and the looming concern of another injury to mr james that's right reese james being carried off the pitch unfortunately well he walked under his own weight but carried by our broken hearts and emotions so, uh, anyways, to quantify said feelings, Dan, we have the three-word match of you back stronger than ever after this crummy World Cup break. This first one yeah, is we- amazing. <laughs> uh, look, JW with the lovely cherry pie. If you don't get the reference, he did include a gift for all those who, uh, a gift that is a gift. Uh, Mr. Thurman with the Reese's in pieces. Mr. Stick with December curse broken. El Public Enemy with Keppa still solid. Arnie with the yes. Oh no. Sakeshi with the that was washable. That felt like a Nick one. Claire mm-hmm. with the Anthony Taylor's cousin question mark. AJ with the <laughs> should have been three. And then Josh with the the born inferiority. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's good. That's a good yeah. one. Obviously, the American Pie reference at the top. Uh, I went with better than expected, question mark. I think judging by a lot of timelines and things over the break, it was very easy to assume uh, with a disjointed squad, another warm weather training camp, and just players all over the world that what I didn't know what we were going to come back to. It was quite nice, thankfully. Nick, what about you? Battering Bournemouth, question mark. Bueno. I had to find the alliteration somewhere, and I found it. Took two languages, but we got there in the end, Dan. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, as you know, this is the only match that the Chelsea men's team are playing in December, which means we leave the month undefeated. Come so, on. in fact, to take a phrase from Lexus and their terrible commercials, it is a December to remember. Thanks to our new man. sponsor, Three Word Match Review, Lexus. <laughs> Go buy the new Please. Lexus L series. Whatever they have. Uh, no, I wish. But if you work there, go ahead and let us know. Anyways, uh, before we get into the absolute details of this one, uh, Joel joined us up on Patreon. We're excited to have them there. Uh, we need more reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know we've kind of saturated that platform a little bit. Uh, but Spotify continuing to grow. Uh, would love to give you all a shout out. Uh, Nick, Here's like- the elevator pitch. You're home okay. with family right now. You're visiting with friends. You, so many you're looking phones. for something to do. You don't have anything to do. You're watching a movie together. You're doing. You're hanging out. You just say, "Help me borrow that phone real quick," and you just yeah. do a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one they have, 
And then you hand them the phone back and say, thank you so much. And that's a gift that you can give to us that costs you nothing but a minute of time and asking your uncle to share their phone for a few minutes. And look, just don't pay attention to the apps that you don't want to know about. Straight to Spotify, straight to Apple. Leave the five stars. Go. Bing, bang, boom. You could you could 10x your contribution. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. All right. Well, also some friendly reminders. Uh, over the holiday break, we did not stop production of podcasts, Nick. Uh, we just want to make sure nobody missed anything. That's right. Uh, last Friday, uh, the, the 23rd, right before Christmas Eve, uh, we published the Famous CFC Holiday Edition with club legend Frank Blundstone, which is an incredibly touching kind of throwback to, to days of yore when Chelsea actually played on Christmas Day and, and Boxing Day back to back. Uh, they would travel up to one game and they would come back to play a home game. It was kind of a crazy time. Go listen to that. Frank is amazing. Um, and he's a beneficiary of the club's uh, efforts to take care of some of their veteran players from, from uh, kind of the older times. Just fantastic. Uh, and then we republished. Um, so if you're, if you're looking, wow, there are so many uh, podcasts over the last few weeks. Republished our We've Got History series. It's a three-part series all about the entire history of Chelsea Football Club. Um, encourage you if you're a new listener or you don't know the history all all that well to go dive into that. Rick Glanville is absolutely fantastic in just describing all the nuances and things that make us us, which is fantastic and I'll get you up to speed really quick. And then finally, Brandon, we got to pass this one back to you. A really, really exciting Cobham Crew Academy update that you did with Chelsea Youth. Always, always good chat with Phil. Knows his stuff top to bottom. Uh, so again, talking about Charlie Webster, talking about uh, Lewis Hall, talking about all of the the players that have started to feature, especially with the impact of them having extended time with the first team and the manager and what that might mean. So uh, a lot of good stuff alongside the academy structure, which is always evolving, just like the structure at the club uh, at all. Yeah, and then looking ahead, we have a lot of pods this week, guys. You're obviously listening to this on a Wednesday, but we have episodes coming out on uh, Thursday with the famous CFC member of the board, uh, which is very cool. Barbara Sharon is joining us for a special what? podcast. Yep, that you know, first Chelsea getting... podcast appearance for Barbara Sharon. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm just you know throwing it out. It's not a big deal unless you are into that kind of thing, um, and we are, frankly. On the Blue Royalty feed, you will also find winter break rankings and a holiday slash end of year slash mid-season mailbag, whatever we're calling that now. Uh, so go check out the Blue Royalty feed. Go subscribe over there. And then uh, on Friday, tasty, 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 Dan. Transfer special, Matt Law. Perhaps there will be some inkling of what we're going to do. Look, things are happening. Meals are being had. And we have to bring in Matt mm-hmm. anytime that it's happening. So graciously, the last... One of the last episodes we will publish in the year 2023, how it started, how it's going. Matt Law, the constant of this podcast. Yeah, he's putting in the work. We absolutely love it. But hey, let's go ahead and jump into the actual match here. Uh, In case you missed it, we are playing Michael B. Jordan's Fighting Cherries. I was watching it at Elizabeth's parents' house and her and her sister behind me, and they cared nothing of the game. Close up on Michael B. Jordan. Hey, Hmm. is that Michael B. Jordan? Oh, Hmm. Oh, you so you are paying attention, maybe. Funny how that goes, huh? So he played his Fighting Cherries this past Tuesday, twenty seventh of December, in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge, and in scoreline Chelsea two Cherries nil. Goals come from Kai Havertz in the sixteenth minute and Mason Mount in the twenty fourth. So we'll kick it over to the fifth stand up, the only official app from Chelsea FC. Thanks to them for providing the highlights, and we'll be back with the lineup. Here's Mount looking to release Sterling. He's done that. 
And Havertz can turn yeah. it in for 1-0 Chelsea. Really well-worked goal, that. And it's Kai Havertz who returns with the goal. Nibali. He's Sterling again, he's been a menace so far. Infield for Mount, did well to work that off for Zakaria. Can he find room for a shot? Come for Havertz instead, he'll lay it back for Mason now! To stroke it into the bottom corner, a thing of beauty! Seen in the first half, he's been excellent. Let's have Chelsea. Everybody did brilliantly there. Nice touch for Mount. Here's Raheem Sterling, who stings the palms of Travers. More scintillating football from Chelsea. Oh, what a turn. Oh, been a fortunate fortune about it for Mount, I think. But here's Zakaria. And this time he will let fly, and that's deflected over for a corner. Fabulous turn by Mason Mount. Brilliantly turned. He's having a really good game, Raheem Sterling. He's found Havertz. Havertz looking for room for a shot, brilliant from Havertz, oh. everything but the finish. Here's Mount. Havertz making a run the other side of him, Mount going alone for now. It's opening up for the shot for Mount. It's a good save from Travers to turn it behind for a corner. Short to Sterling. Caught back again from Aspilicueta. He can put it in first time. Oh, lovely header as well and just wide from Kaladu Koulibaly. That would have been game, set, and match. All right, Dan, lineup duty time. Potter tinkering, or what in the heck did we get? Look, but back between the sticks and in my FPL team, Kepa Aretha Balaga, it was defenders of Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, Reese James, and Mark Kukurea. You had Jorginho, Mason Mount, and Zachariah at the at the uh, midfield. And you had Christian Pulisic, Raheem Sterling, and Kai Havertz as your attackers. Uh, look, you saw Trev Chalaba come on alongside Azpilicueta, Connor Gallagher, and yes, Aubameyang did make a appearance as well. Um, Hutchinson, Hall, unfortunate that they didn't get an opportunity to come off the bench, uh, as well as Carnes. That would have been nice to see. Any of those, uh, Humphreys was probably a little less likely in terms of a, an appearance off the bench, but nice to see, particularly with a couple of absences still with Ziyech and Kovacic out, that we saw a few of those individuals on the bench, Brandon. I mean, look, minus injury, Potter left the subs to very late in this game, was not worried about fitness levels whatsoever. Apparently, uh, some of the top-line stats in this one, Chelsea was 60% possession. We had 15 shots, five on target to their nine with four on target. Uh, we had, let's see, 18 tackles apiece, 24 clearances to their 14. We had six corners to their eight, uh, three offsides for us. And we conceded eight fouls to their 10. And then on the XG side, we had 1.74 to their 0.53. Very dominant top to bottom. Uh, and lastly, one random stat from the Statman Dave. So Chelsea have scored more goals, too, in the first half against Bournemouth than they had in the first half of their last six games in the Premier League, which is only one. I think that says more about them than us. But hey, we'll uh, we'll take it. Uh, Nick, over to you for the NVPET, the NPET shithouse moment of the match. Yeah, I don't know if, if anyone caught this um, or if my name is now Nick, which is, which is fun. Um, but uh, Aspie got into like a weird kind of barge in late on on the touchline trying to get the ball. If you guys saw this, where he kind of did like the classic footballer head to head thing. 
but then he kind of moved his shoulders around a little bit, which is super weird. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but there was definitely a cheeky late tackle from Silva to uh, buy some time, uh, cause a foul, break up their momentum. And uh, you know what, guys? Maybe this team is learning how to close out games again, which would be really neat and fun to not give up late goals all the time. So that would be kind of cool. I don't know. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I think we set the stage. Let's go ahead and take our first ad break. When we get back, we're going right in to unwrapping a win and everything that went into it. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000-plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right. All Chelsea supporters were on Santa's nice list because what do we get but three points? Uh, general thoughts on the approach. We have the four, three, three or the four, two, three, one kind of depending on how it played. Uh, I think the fact that I know Nick, you tweeted Mason playing deeper, uh, was a success for the team. Clearly something that he had had success with England on. Uh, what did you think of lineup in shape initially? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, the team showed a lot of, um, as your Twitter handle would say, Brandon vertical passing, uh, in the first it. half. Uh, there was a lot of breaking of lines. There was a lot of really intricate play on both wings that allowed to, you know, Chelsea to move forward and transition. You know, I, I was clapped back a couple of times on Twitter saying, well, Mason Mount's one of our most further forward players. Well, yeah, in transition, but look at him defensively. He didn't press that much compared to what we're normally used to seeing him as a, as a you know, kind of member of that front three or whatever which I think gave the midfield some extra legs uh, that they desperately needed. You know, Zakaria and Jorginho, you know, not used to playing with each other necessarily. So Mount was a link up for the whole squad. Had a great hockey assist over um, for the first goal to, to Sterling and, and you know, just played a fantastic game. Great goal. But Dan, I think him playing a little bit deeper, he's not a number six. He's not playing as a CDM but a little bit deeper, more as a traditional eight, is how you get the best out of him. And I think this was a very, very, very good game. I think friend of the pod, Joe Cole, talked about how he was a complete midfielder, and we had a chance to see some of that performance today. The goal that he took was exceptionally taken in terms of just finding his space outside the box. And as opportunities continue to narrow for those who were in the box, he's just standing there like, hey, right here, just right to the feet. Let me take my shot. And it was a beautiful one in, but I mean, that was just, it was a indicative of the general ways that Chelsea found themselves in with the ball in the box, with time and possession, with an ability to move the ball forward because Bournemouth in the first 
I would say 70 to 80 minutes of the match really didn't offer much in terms of an attacking threat. They were trying to figure out how they could string together anything in terms of a defensive shape and had a really, really hard time with some of the quick passes down the flanks that you were seeing from James Sterling or from Zakaria forward as well, who is offering some additional forward movement of the ball. And just in general, yeah, it was, it was a really strong team performance. Fitness looked good overall. And I think that's what we were hoping to see is that this team would come out and find an opportunity to take the ball, take the shot on, to take on opposition players. And I think in general, Brandon, good movement, good fitness, good end result. And that's really from the first match back after a World Cup, that was kind of all we could hope for. If we had gone out without a single injury, it would have been a perfect day. Obviously, a few players are still missing. Um, I was a little surprised that players that were with Graham all break didn't start. I thought that, uh, the fact that we had that many World Cup players in the lineup Such as? was a little interesting. Well, I mean, obviously, Aubameyang, right? The fact that he had a month to work with the coaching staff and he was not put in the lineup. To be fair, Kai had a good end of the World Cup with Germany as well. Um, you know, obviously, is a super sub role. Um, Koulibaly playing. I'm, I'm just assuming we know Trevor maybe wasn't 100%, but him going right back in. Thiago Silva played four games in the World Cup, started all four right back in. Um, I think those are kind of my my two ones that I was maybe a little bit surprised about. But again, you know, when you look at the bench, a ton of youth, as you pointed out. Bashir Humphreys was there. Carney Chukameka was there. Lewis Hall was there. Amari Hutchinson was there. Um, so the, it's obviously not a lot of people there because Broya busted his ACL in the friendly. Chilwell still out. Fofana still out. Conte still out. Kovacic is out. Ziyech is out. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is out. <laughs> like, I, I would have liked to have been a little healthier going into January, but here we are. And, um, you know, I think that it was a good result based on that because, I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time this lineup played together. Sicaria playing, Mount in the middle, uh, Christian Kai and Raheem up top, <laughs> but they got it done. And uh, it looked like they were able to settle back into Potter's pressing patterns pretty quickly. You saw, I mean, you've seen before, especially when we had that little purple patch last spring, Christian and Kai playing together can work really well, right? I mean, it, it really can. I think where we got lost earlier this season and certainly in the last season was just a balance issue in midfield. Mason dropping back, having Sterling on the right, who played, I think, a pretty exceptional first half gives you some more options, right? And it also, you know, if you think back to Mason's goal, which I know you know, we're all kind of focused on here, the fact that he was able to come in as the late runner at the top of the box and not already be in the box occupied, boy, does that present you with a different look if you're if you're a defense too, Dan. And so this to me, these are good things, but unfortunately this is kind of the squad that we have to work with now. I mean, there's not, as Brandon just illuminated, not a whole lot of flex in the injury department for us to, to use. Well, it was nice to see the fact that Havertz playing more centrally and Christian playing on the left, who loves to fly in from the right. So you figure he's on the left-hand side of the pitch. He's running down. He likes to cut in and bring himself more central. He didn't end up in that situation where Havertz and Pulisic were effectively operating the same space. And that was super effective to allowing 
Havertz to get in between defenders or create gaps for himself and Christian to get into one-on-one opportunities, which both of those are better situations for the other. And so I think that's one of the first times where I've seen it. I'm like, they're not bumping into each other on the pitch, which is really, really exceptional. And so that resulted in Pulisa getting forward, getting pulled down and should have gotten a penalty. The ref was tragic. The ref was terrible. And it also got into, you know, got him into a position where he should have got a goal that somehow got ruled off because of a, a foul from Havertz. <laughs> I mean, Christian Ballistic should have had a, a goal and, you know, the FPL assists for a penalty. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought our attackers in general had a good day. They were a little flat after the Reese James injury, but in general at two nil up, I would just rather we see out a game and show that we can keep a clean sheet rather than push for a third goal and risk, risk losing it all. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Mason Mount's game by numbers versus Bournemouth from Squawk. He had 100% shot accuracy, 84% pass accuracy, six passes into the opposition's box. He won possession back five times, won five duels, uh, put in three crosses, made three tackles, created three chances, had two shots, one take on completed, one interception, a goal cashing in. Uh, I splashed him into the fantasy team as well right at the very end. He was looking good for England. Uh, he definitely wasn't worn down from the amount of minutes he played and him going in deeper really just sealed it. Um, so obviously I don't, you know, it, it was hard to fault anything he did today was, was everywhere. I bet if you look at his heat map, it was, was very much, uh, a box to box type play and sofa score had him as 8.1, which would have been a uh, man of the match in this one. I mean, there, there's been a lot of times because he's played further forward for such a long time, right? Where you wouldn't have seen the possession one. Duels won, tackles made, all that stuff as a part of his stat line from from the old stat man Dave, right? But the fact that he was playing deeper is an indicator that those things are now more present. And he has the legs to to you know cover a lot of ground. You saw him pop up in different pockets and transition as well, which makes him dangerous. He and Christian interchanged really well a couple of times when when Mason would kind of float over to that side and Zakaria would kind of step up into the space that he left. So yeah, it was an all around, you know, great performance from Mason. Now we just need him to sign the contract extension. So that would just be super helpful. For maladies. Uh, we touched on Tiger Silva again. Uh, what is this? The third World Cup he had captain set that record while he was there. Slots right back in at uh, Chelsea. Uh, Squawka broke his game down by number saying he had the most touches with 102, most complete passes at 89 out of 93. He only misplaced four passes and he went long on his day. It's not like he was just, you know, hitting this, the short pass to J5 or Zakaria. Uh, he had the most accurate long balls. 13 of 14 is phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. He had the most clearances, six. Oozes, class, drool face, which you love to see. Um, winged for a little bit, Dan. Uh, looked like he was able to jog off the injury, whatever it was in the first half, because uh, he did a full 90. Well, he or did, did he which, come off right at the end at 88? Well, it, it, regardless of the amount of time he's been on the pitch, the concern was within three minutes that he was limping. And I think that set off the PTSD of Chelsea supporters with the, oh my gosh, is this really where we're at right now? And that was not a good thing for a few minutes as you were hoping he could run it off. You were hoping it was just getting back into the game speed after a few weeks off. And yeah, he worked through it, which was nice. Then Christian went down at one point and was touching his ankle and they're like, Oh my gosh, really? So we've got 
Silva, who's nursing a, a little bit of a limp, and you got Christian hit his ankle, and thankfully that didn't seem to be anything serious as well. So, and, and like anything else, it could have been worse. It was glad I was glad that Silva had the game that he did. Uh, particularly interesting, he was more on the uh, left side, and whereas Cool Bali was on the right hand side. I thought that would have been inverted, but I think they both had a chance to play pretty far forward, given mm-hmm. the fact that we were in their half the majority of the time too, Nick. And I think that made it very, a very easy game for Silva outside of a few dalliances into the box that Bournemouth had where he tidied up quite effectively. There was a wee bit of rust on some of these uh, passes. Uh, He did give up a chance that, you know, fortunately for us went begging. Um, But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, just a, He's what a tremendous asset to have on your team. I, I would love to see him get spelled maybe even this weekend uh, at Forest um, ahead of a big month in January. I'd love to see, you know, if you're going to play a backboard, love to see Trevo come in and, and spell him a little bit because we know Trevo can, can pass the football pretty well himself. Um, so I'd, I'd love to, you know, kind of see some rotation there because we don't have a huge amount of numbers in there right now, especially if Fafana has re-injured his, uh, re-aggravated his injury, I should say. Um, so th- that is a, a crucial part of, of team management for Graham now, Brandon, is just making sure that you're not wearing these guys down in February before a huge stretch in April. Um, other than that, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot to, to complain about. I mean, Bournemouth had a couple of breaks, you know, that they went on, but Chelsea controlled this game very easily. And, and Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, the whole back line did a phenomenal job. Minus that one misplaced switch through the back line that Tiago did hit. Uh, Also, to point out, Bournemouth plays a 5-3-2, obviously massively defensive, so for Chelsea to be able to open them up and find space was good today. Uh, To your point, Graham Potter has not had a lot of time with these players. He wants his best players in right away, wants to get them minutes, wants them to start gelling, finding his play. Uh, so it, to your point, he's going to have to balance, but at the same time, he's got to be so excited that he has his core, uh, for the rest of the season. And then lastly, Statman Dave, just le- heaping some praise on Kai. He had, uh, only 78% pass accuracy, but again, he's in the final third, you know, making some gambles, but he had 42 touches, won five of all five his aerial duels. I had four clearances, two key passes, one shot on target assist and a goal, uh, very lively for the, the German today. Uh, as far as the attack goes. And like I said, we didn't even talk about Christian. Uh, we didn't even talk about how Kukurea you talk about Christian a liability. I mean, a little bit, right? But that, I think that's just the point. We had, they had such a good day out. Um, you know, uh, Raheem got involved a little bit, but the good news is we had some like key players that kind of stood out above the rest. Uh, and the rest of the team went here on sofa score was sevens, except uh, Zakaria and Pulisic, which were in their sixes. That's a good day out. Day one back that's- after World Cup. That's a bad, I mean, it's a bad rating system that we just referenced, by the way, unfortunately, but so far better than who scored. What I'd say is Christian always gets dinged statistically because he gambles and loses the ball a little bit and he doesn't get rewarded for when he does get by people. Well, he doesn't get rewarded for what were two obvious goal scoring opportunities here, which is just fucking crazy to me, but whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that that is a refereeing problem. You're right. Um, I, I will say about Kai, the the fact that he got the first goal back is big. Um, we we need him, right? I mean, this is 
Yeah, I think we left the break. I remember sitting on my couch, like, God, what what's going to happen with this guy? You know, he's underperformed. He's looked lethargic. He's looked like he didn't want to be there. I think he might have found some life with Germany again during the World Cup. You know, I think had a good uh, last couple of games with with Germany. Um, we know that he's capable. It's just whether the application's there all the time. And I think that's a fair enough way to kind of frame him up right now. But I think for me, if he is able to do what he did today against big opponents, and we have a handful coming up here in in January, then we're going to be in a pretty decent spot. He pressed the ball pretty well today. Um, You know, and obviously the assistant goal are fantastic. Mason did a lot to to give him that assist there uh, on the second one. But, um, But his goal was good. He made the right run. He was on the back shoulder of the last defender, Dan. And to see movement in a positive direction where you can do something with the ball if it comes to you is a a positive thing for me in this game. Who doesn't like movement towards goal? Towards the opposition goal. It's just a novel concept in terms of winning games. You have to do it quite frequently. Well, someone who really kind of busted things up in the middle and gave a different look was Zakaria. A bit of a rare sighting for him potentially, but with Ruben out and Kovacic out, I mean, you had to play the guy. There's really no other option unless Trevo moves up the field. So overall, it was generally positive. I mean, I think that it's fair to say he was good on the day. I mean, he wasn't mind-blowingly good. It wasn't the greatest day ever, but um, it was a generally positive performance, as you wrote here. Dan uh, Potter with the quote says, uh, Zakaria adds something to the midfield, and he partners Jorginho, which is a nice combination, and they perform well together against Brentford and the friendly we had during the break, end quote, uh, showing that there's definitely going to be some some options with him moving forward. I thought he had a good physical presence, was good at breaking up play. A couple times he got caught flat-footed with they are looking to combo, but genuinely he either fouled or won possession, which is, is a good play for him to be in uh, that kind of midfield destroyer holding holding mid spot. Yeah, he he mopped up a lot of things. And uh, the human the, mop, I love it. The individual <laughs> who does that doesn't always get a lot of praise and plaudits, but I think Zakaria with the work that he did made it easier for us to win back possession or retain possession to get the football forward more quickly and do it more centrally than having to always recycle backward. That did happen a little later in the match, but I think that was more due to the fact that Reese was out that you just, you're a little less aggressive on the right flank. And so you're going to see more passes back centrally, you know, you to Jorginho and Silva and that gets recycled forward. But I don't know. I, I, so Sofa score had this six, two for him. If we want to kind of go after Sofa score in this, this podcast, I don't know if that was necessarily the intent, but I just didn't feel like that represented what I thought was a really strong performance on the day. Just again, I I don't know how good he is or isn't as an individual player, but when we've seen a samey type of midfield for quite some time that just hasn't been strong enough, that hasn't been able to stand up to even some of the worst Premier League teams, and Bournemouth is one of the worst Premier League teams, and we've kind of been bodied off of the ball. That this was a really nice change of pace in that regard, Nick. And like, that's why, that's why I was like, we need to make sure we call this out because even if you don't love the player, even if you don't think he's the best midfield option or an option beyond this season, there's a role for him in the coming weeks based upon, and the remainder of the season based upon the fitness alone of this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like one, you know, he he shouldn't be lucky. (laughs) 
<laughs> hasn't played a whole lot, right? So that's a that's a refreshing detail at this point of the season to have. And two, I mean, he's not a bum. Like I, I saw the the timeline was really up in arms about whether he had a good game or not today. Um, a lot of conflicting opinions from people that I like um, who are watching this game. And I, I mean, I think what you need to look at is the number of goals given up in transition today as your indicator of whether he played well or not. And it was zero. Um, yeah, there were a couple of bad passes for sure. There was some sloppiness. He's played, this is his fourth game for Chelsea, I think. Like, can we give the guy a little bit of a break? Maybe, I don't know. That's reasonable. But uh, what what we have lacked sometimes is the ability in transition to get back and break up a play to be that destroyer, Brandon. I think in that way, if if that is the only thing that he does for us the rest of the season, it will be a worthwhile endeavor to have him on the field because he has the ability to do something that just frankly, we don't have the without Conte, right? Who is, who is one of one. There is no other N'Golo Conte in the world. He can do some of that responsibility, not all of it, some of it, which is, you know, right now, if you, if you have a Mason Mount and a Jorginho or a Kovacic and a Mason Mount or Kovacic and Jorginho, whatever midfield combination you want to play, like that's probably good enough in most games to get you through it. So, uh, yeah, I think that no one can ever replace N'Golo Conte. It's always going to be a two-person job because we've always laughed that if you have a midfield two with him in it, you really have a midfield three. With Zakaria, I'm wondering if some of these stats were maybe imperfect on the day, but if you get down to some of the defensive ones, some of them are pretty bad when you compare it to their team. Uh, for ground duels, he only won two of eight. That sounds low to me, but again, I'm not an expert on how they define that. They said he won zero aerial duels out of one. He lost possession 10 times, which sounds bad. Uh, but he had three clearances, no block shots, no interceptions. He had two tackles and got dribbled past once. From the possession loss, Mason Mount had the most with 15, Reese James 13, Pulisic 10. So him, Zakaria, and Havertz were all at 10, Kukure at 10. So that's not like he's in the middle of the pack there. Our lowest one that played the full game was six, which was our, our center backs. Um, you know, I think defensively, like I said, it's probably just how they define some of those key statistics there because clearly he was involved in breaking up play. Maybe he was the second guy there, not the first, so he didn't get credit or whatever. But some of those, like I said, just how they rate it, I think is a little bit harsh. I think, Dan, you probably made the best point in sense of, hey, good to see you today. Still don't really know what we have, but we're starting to see some good trends in the right position. Um, and I think that if you, the best thing you can read into is Potter's quote saying he's, he likes the way him and J5 balance today. Um, Zakaria's heat map was very much the right flank. Even he would track back all the way to the right corner defensively and worked. I thought he had a good work rate and uh, was very proactive in play. And he was quite good at at least jumpstarting the counterattack, right? From defense to offense at transition. Which, again, I love because we know J5 will love to turn out of pressure, knock it backwards. Zakari was a little bit more open to playing that that forward pass. So, yeah. Well, and and when Reese when Reese and Aspie got forward, he did fill in. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's what's not going to show up here. And and where we've been burned sometimes this year, frankly, is that, cool, Reese is forward doing Reese things. Who's If, if Reese gives up the ball, which he did a handful of times today, who is filling in that gap? And I think that, you know, Zakaria did a good job there. I mean, 
here's the the real you know nuts and bolts of it, guys. We don't have a lot of options. So I hope you get used to seeing Dennis Sicaria play for this team for a while because Kovacic shouldn't come back soon. Like I I mean, he just got done playing seven games at the World Cup, eight games, seven games. I don't remember. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And he was already on a hurt knee before that. Like it, you rest him for as long as you, t- you can. You don't take luxuries where you, you don't need to. And if you have a healthy Zakaria, you just figure out how to get the most out of that guy in that position for as long as you can. And then hopefully you have one of your more experienced players ready to step in when that doesn't necessarily work. Yeah. Well, again, we're going to have to see because there's also some excitement from uh, the January transfer when it's going to be heating up, which would be good to have Matt on. Uh, lots of conversations around them. But again, remember, Sakari was not involved, not anywhere close to it. And now he's back playing games. So it's just it's a it's a weird kind of ride. A season is a long time. So we'll uh, we'll see how the rest of it goes. But hey, we're gonna take our last break when we're back. Jumping into the injury concern with Reese James, uh, that could literally be a podcast in itself because there's nobody in this world that takes away my worldly concerns than Reese James. So we'll take a break when we get back. Jumping in, here we go. Quick pivot, uh, a little bit of a, a distraction technique here. London, we should go, and we would love for you to go with us. That is right. We're we're going back to London. We're going back for, for Dirty Leeds. We're going back for Dortmund. This is early March. Um, there's a whole website dedicated to uh, to getting you up to speed about it. We'll also go to a, a Chelsea women's game uh, that we're very excited to go to. It could be a cup final. We don't know yet. Um, but if they do advance in the cup final, you you bet your sweet ass that we're going to be there. Um, it's it's awesome, guys. There is a, a registration link that we would highly encourage you to go look at there's a just a 500 dollars deposit it's in the show notes it's in the show notes go look in the show notes dan why don't you take us home on the trip since you seem so eager well look it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna be there there are gonna be pubs they're gonna be pints there are gonna be football matches they're gonna be wins there might be losses there'll be laughter there might be tears this is what you had in the show notes tears i don't know there could be but I, again, I just tears of joy memories. for seeing the beautiful pitch of Stamford Bridge for the first right. time. The, the, the pilgrimage, right. if it's your first time, second time, hundredth time, you're going to love it because you're going to be there with a bunch of your newest and fastest friends for life with the podcast. I think we've already hit about uh, close to 50% of the, uh, the total amount that we can uh, in the soft cap number that we can bring along. So uh, we know there's a couple people considering it. Uh, so that number, I think, is going to start to uh, hit to the uh, the high end of that spectrum pretty soon. So if you've been considering it, uh, maybe you got some uh, gift cards for Christmas. Maybe you got some uh, cash for Christmas. Uh, this would be a good opportunity to put that money down and uh, join us on the trip. We look forward to having you there. And if you have questions, contact at LondonIsBluePodcast.com. DM us. We'll, we do our best to keep up to speed on those. I know Dan's been been checking our, our list every once in a while and getting back in touch with people. So please... Uh, send us a note if you have questions. We had a couple of people who were like, hey, we want to extend the trip, do more. How do I get, you know, it's all that stuff. We'll, we'll have you taken care of. Yeah, we can highly customize trips. If you want to stay for the next weekend and do everything like that, like no problem. We're just getting you there, getting the two matches and getting you on your way if you'd like. So we'd love to have you there. It is it is an amazing, amazing trip, no doubt. All right, let us wrap uh, at least the match side of it with the injury concern for Reese James. No, no, no. We must react to this injury. He stayed down a long time. So if you want to read into body language, Nick, 
It's good he walked off on his own. That doesn't mean much, right? We've seen Chilwell walk off and ACL. Um, the fact that he stayed down so long and didn't want to move is definitely uh, a concern. I'm sure he's just worried and want to make sure nothing happens and in, in, in whatever, but um, his face definitely showed a face of frustration, I think, more than anything once he finally did get up. Yeah, obviously, find whatever wood you can and and knock on it um, for for good luck here. But yeah, this was a this was about the only way you could ruin this day, and and it happened, of course, because you know that's just the way things bounce for us this year. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, Dan, if you felt this way. I thought it was really odd that he was starting this game. Um, you know, there there had been some like more cautious commentary in the and the lead up to the match that like, we're going to take our time. We're going to get him, you know, healthy and stuff like that. And then for him to start today, I was like, wow, that must've really accelerated uh, over the last little bit. Cause he wasn't actively playing in, in Dubai when they were, when they were over uh, or Abu Dhabi, whenever that was. So uh, that is a, uh, it's a massive concern for us. And I think if it is long-term we're in, uh, we're in some serious hot water. Also Potter's first comment, which he indicated that the plan for, for Reese was to play 60 to 65 minutes. And so we actually almost, we were getting close to that mark. And so it was clear they came in with a plan to get him back up to full match fitness. It was clear that he was in consideration from Southgate to join up with the squad if they were going to make it far enough, but they ultimately decided not to do it. So I think everything from a medical standpoint with those two elements in mind feels like to me that everything had trended in a very positive direction for Reese to get back onto the pitch. I am probably more hopeful that the fact that he stayed down was just maybe him trying to make sure that he didn't move anything, that it got assessed first, that they could definitely understand exactly what's going on and, and make the right recommendation. I think to me, Brandon, the biggest element that this highlights is as much as we are going to need midfielders and we're going to need strikers add to that list, a backup for Reese James is going to be one of the biggest things to solve for Graham Potter. Because when you go from Reese James to Aspliqueta and it is not a slight on, on Dave, it's not a slight on what he's attributed to this club. There is a different style of play. Like the, in the NFL, it is like when you go from Jalen hurts to anyone else or Patrick Mahomes, anyone else, right? Like it just, there is a different level of comp that you can have and you can offer when you go from these type of players to who are at the top of their level. One of the best would slot into any team that they, they would walk into it. That is, right. that is a problem for Grant. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, Reese James, we've, we've considered top three right backs in the world, like world-class player, like fully established. And I was thinking the same thing. Oh, Hey, this, this ain't on Aspie. Dude's been doing it for a long time. He's won it all, but <laughs> there are levels to this. And, uh, he's not on, uh, Reese's level, nor should you expect him to be. So, um, not, I, I it is night and day difference. I think Olivia even tweeted it too. She was like, the difference between the first half and the second half from offensive productivity, it's not all down to Reese, but a lot of it is. And we just got a taste of it again. And if we are are absolutely cursed to lose him again, that is disgusting and unfair. Uh, he subbed off in the 
53rd minute, a mere seven to 10 minutes away from getting the pre-planned sub. Um, it, we, we, he is absolutely crucial to the success of this team. I never thought a right back. And he's also crucial at Nick. Do you play back three slash five or back four? Are we able to load more in the midfield or not? Like, again, all of these things that he opens up just by being healthy is hilariously insane. I mean, I think he's the best in the world at what he does. I, you know, I, I don't think that's just a theory anymore. I think that's supported by anyone who really watches football. Um, and he is crucial for the way that we play. I mean, the overloads are one thing. The crosses are one thing. The physicality is another thing. Like, this is an all-around complete player. You just, you're worried now because these injuries have kind of piled up on him the last couple of years. And, you know, you just hope that whatever this is, it's just a minor blip and that they're able to actually work him back according to the schedule that they put together. We know there's going to be a new medical team in place, and hopefully that's helpful as well. But man, yeah, it was a huge bummer to to see him go down. Um, obviously, don't want to see that. The other thing I would just say quickly, though, is that this football calendar is just so terrible for these guys. Man, they're playing too much. I mean, you brought it up before, Brandon, but that you know, he just got off of two and a half months of intense rehab. You know, to get back for this game. You know, probably doing more PT, more running, more all this, you know, stuff that you would be doing than in a normal training session, then getting back into training, then playing matches after you just played two straight years of abnormal match schedules. I mean, I, I part of me just is like, yeah, no wonder all these guys are getting hurt right now. I mean, the load has been too much and you know, it's, it's not an excuse. It's, it's simply just a state of play. Yeah, and when you're one of the best, you relied on a lot, and we've relied on Reese a lot over the last yep. few seasons, and uh, we might be paying that price right now. Um, sounds like it's the same area, so Potter's concerned. Again, per usual, 24 to 48 hours. Got to let the swelling go down, get the MRI, see where we're at. But, um, you know, he felt something. Uh, I have felt some things in my journey to rehabilitating, not that I'm anywhere on the same level. Uh, so sometimes he just needs to hear from the physio, hey, you're good. Like you, this is part of that recovery process going to feel a little bit different, but he's not taking any chances. He went right down the tunnel. Uh, so we'll have to see, uh, you know, in a couple of days where we're at, hopefully it'll be a nice new year's gift to have him back. So anyways, Dan, we, uh, you decide to, to mess around a little bit and do a Dan of the match poll. Haven't done that in a while. It seemed to have gone quite, quite well for you. Um, how much rust was on the Dan and match poll? Did you have to use some sort of solvent or what? No, no, you know, you just take a little dirt, you, you rub it on the knee, and then you just uh, get to the keyboard and clickety-clack your way to a Dan in the Match report. And look, I, I would have liked to have more. Uh, Elon Musk is not doing a lot of good for Twitter, but if he could give me more poll options, that would be a good thing that he could do. I don't know if you could handle more, to be honest. I could. Yeah. I, I needed one more. I, I really would have liked to have Tiago Silva in here, too. I, I did bring Christian Pulisic in because, if not for an official... He would likely have been the man of the match. Um, but look, yep. I Kai Havertz, Mount Polisic, and Zakaria in there. And Kai Havertz won uh, running away with it almost. Uh, Mount was close behind uh, 47% to 33%. Uh, Zakaria had 14%. And then Christian Polisic had 5%. A lot of people wanted Silva too. I understand that one. Uh, but look, the, the match official made me angry. And this was my only way to, to rebel those uh, and, and deal with those feelings. 
in a safe way. You know, if Keppa made four saves and had a clean sheet and was coming off a foot injury that he has to manage in his career. Look, Keppa was great on the day. Keppa got me nine points in my FPL team. I'm super happy. Got a clean sheet. He's excellent. Just saying, you know, it's another person we, we just kind of took for granted today. We He was not a liability. Didn't even have to worry about him. I'm just, I guess, not really surprised you didn't give him that much love. But, you know, it's a good day for Keppa to be back after he had a nice long break as well. Uh, so some of the other results around the Premier League. Uh, good day for big clubs. Minus one. Uh, Spurs drew the first match back against Brentford after no, being down not a, two nothing. They're not a big club, so you don't have to worry about that. I mean, the table definitely is leading, lending them to that thought. Uh, Brighton beat Southampton three one. Newcastle, big club, <laughs> beat Leicester three nil. Uh, Fulham, not a big club, beat Crystal Palace, also not a big club, three nil. Uh, two red cards for Palace, one straight red. One, two cautions. Uh, Wolves beating Everton 2-1. Terrible for Everton. Uh, Liverpool 3, Villa 1. Uh, weren't Villa up first? And then just kind of awoke the beast. They poked the bear one too uh, many times. No. Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool were killing them. Yeah. Well, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, Arsenal 3, West Ham 1. This was the game that West Ham scored yes. first. And Arsenal yes. had to come back. I was close. Chelsea beating Bournemouth 2-0. United beating Force 3-0 in Leeds versus Man City will be playing on Wednesday when this releases, so we don't really know how it stands. But, I mean, a, a, a lot of goals, right? No 0-0 draws. Uh, what was the lowest score? Total 2, I think. So, a uh, good day for fans coming off the World Cup. If anyone was new getting into it, Nick, uh, they definitely got a lot of action. <laughs> the first, right away. First yeah. week back. Yeah, it's it's a it, it was a it was a fun couple of days of watching. You know, these these fixtures were always amazing to you know play right after the Christmas holiday. This year always this year is already bananas just coming off the World Cup and all that stuff. So the fact that these guys are playing ten days after the World Cup ended, nine days after the World Cup ended, uh, is fucking nuts. Um, but you know, again, really excited about you know us getting a win. You know, we were, we were talking to a good friend, Ollie uh, Glanville, um, over the over the break, and you know, him and I are pretty well aligned that it's it's all about us. It's all about us winning. It's all about us playing well. It's not about anyone else in this uh, really weird, disastrous table uh, that we're looking at here. And uh, so, as long as we keep doing our thing, everything's going to shake out. It is a weird table, without a doubt. Um, our our next couple of fixtures, obviously. Uh, we've got Nottingham Forest on New Year's Day, uh, Man City on the fifth. Man City. Do you on want to still be hungover for that one? That's the, the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Fulham on the twelfth. So again, we're back to we played the twenty seventh. Got to play the first, the fifth, the eighth, and the twelfth. So that's what five games in two weeks. Yeah, uh, right back into it. Uh, the table is completely upside down. Uh, people keep asking me about Arsenal, and I just I don't know what to say. I feel like I can't keep saying no, no, no. They're gonna slip. Like, hey, they're they're gonna slip. They're all right. We're 15, 16 weeks in, and they haven't slipped. What the hell? They're still unbeaten in their last five. We're we're not even halfway done with the season yet. That, that's what we all need to remember. Chelsea, game in hand um, on Newcastle, game in hand on Spurs. Uh, we're still four matches away from the official midpoint of the season. So, I mean, this to me, Dan, is like where I understand if people get upset when we play bad, especially, you know, the run right before the World Cup. 
But what we tried to couch for people back then and what I'm going to try and couch for people now is there is still a lot of fucking matches to play in this season. And we just have to be open and optimistic, I think, that the team is not going to perform at its worst level and that they'll they'll perform more at their median or high level. You're going to see tweets over the next couple of days about the team that was on top of the Premier League table on January 1st has gone on to win the Premier League X number of times. And that would be true in a regular season where all the matches had been played. But we also just took six weeks off. Six weeks that probably would have had seven to eight matches that would have taken place in this time window. And so, again, the caution that Nick is trying to provide is the most important thing to consider right now. And that we are just getting close to the 40% of the season mark here. There's a lot of football left to play. That is bad for Arsenal. And that is good for Chelsea. That is what you have to keep in mind here. More football for us right now coming in a period where we have had an opportunity for our new manager to learn the squad, get acclimatized for players to come back for with fitness to potentially get a few more signings in. Again, we're going to talk to Matt, but I mean, even there were things coming out like during the match today about a potentially a bid for Fernandez getting tabled. Like there's a whole lot going on at the moment. And this is a magical time. This is a magical time of the year as a football fan and as a Chelsea supporter where we can hope. And sometimes the hope is terrible because it pulls the rug right underneath you and you shoot through the moon door. But you know, right now that rug is still underneath us and we can believe that anything is possible as a supporter. And that's the fucking fun part about this sport. Gonna have to. Uh, Tables at stance. Arsenal in first with 15 played, 40 points. Newcastle second, 16 played, 33 points. Man City third, 14 played, uh, 32 points. Tottenham, 16 played, 30 points. That is your top four as it stands. That is wonky. Fifth is United, 15 played, 29 points. Sixth is Liverpool, 15 played, 25 points. Brighton, 7, 15 played, 24 points. Chelsea, 8, 15 played, 24 points. So uh, if you win your game in hand, which is Liverpool, which is annoying, uh, that would take us to three points off the top four. But of course, that could put us in a cluster of four teams vying for top four, uh, as well as the teams up there. So this table is weird. We had, what, one or two international breaks. We had a stop for the Queen's death. We had an extra game canceled that the rest of the teams didn't. Like It has been a weird season. We've had a rocky leadership change, new manager. The one thing Potter wants is time to build his vision with the players. The one thing he has not had is time to build his vision with the players. Uh, Injuries need to knock it off. We need to get this team back. And when we are at our peak, uh, we are a much better team than eighth place. But you got to prove it. You got to navigate the league. It's a, it's a bitch sometimes. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's also why he said, I don't want to take premature, premature judgments of players after eight weeks in the job. You haven't seen them play for an extended period of time. You haven't seen them play the way that you want them to play for an extended period of time. So I, yeah. I am, I, I'm just going to bet the odds that he's smarter than a lot of people who are chastising him on Twitter about what this team needs to do that he's earned his way up to this role at Chelsea because he's been really good in other places and that he has a vision. And 
it seems like Bully and Co. are willing to support him in this January window as batshit crazy as that would seem in a normal year. It might be required right back, central midfielder, central defender, you know, depending on the injury situation. Like, it might just be required for this time. And we'll just have to, you know, pay the exorbitant extra that you that you have to for that, that, uh, that kind of thing, I should say. So to round out the bottom of the table, Wolves are in 18th with 16 played, only 13 points. Nottingham Force are in 19th place, 16 played, 13 points. And Southampton in last, 20th place, 16 played, 12 points. Uh, there's only three points between 15th and 20th. So that is also a scrum at the bottom. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up. We're back. As you can tell, normal programming has resumed. We are in full stride. Hope you are enjoying the time off. If you're getting it, getting time with family and loved ones is quite important. Uh, but you know what I did today? I brought the nieces and nephews into the living room and we watched Chelsea and I fought them the entire time that this is in fact the real football and that Jimmy is wrong. <laughs> Did, did you make sure to change the channel before they started running the bent carrot ads? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, they, they put on like SpongeBob the second the game was over. So thank I, goodness. I yeah. You, 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 you made sure to get out of there before some of the yeah. adverts were a little unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I would also say I, I spent it uh, with my buddy Joe back home in Omaha and, and his son Aiden is, is starting to kick a soccer ball for the first time. And it's special stuff where we, we played a little key boy. Uh, that was good. Uh, yeah. Bring, bring more Chelsea people into the, into the circle. We need them. Well, challenge has been passed to you. Uh, again, keep an eye on your podcast directories, your apps, because we got a lot of content coming. Some good stuff. Again, Barbara Sharon making a podcast debut on London is blue feed. Massive. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Tweet at the hosts and, and, and engage with the content. We appreciate the feedback. It is going uh, well. But, hey, we are locked in. We had our rest. We are here. We are not going anywhere for the rest of the season. So 60% left is Dan uh, nerdily did the math. We appreciate you. Nerd. That, Nerd. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Chelsea fans, that's going to do it for us. Um, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the little bit of time off. Uh, big, big month coming ahead in January's terms of matches. So anyways, you know what to do. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.